everything that you achieve from boiling an egg to making a million bucks will come down to your neurophysiological states, right? A state of mind and body is something like joy, it's motivation, it's confidence, it's sorrow, it's love, it's, it's happiness. All of those are states. And the reason they're so important is they drive all of our behaviors. So everything that you achieve in the world is a result of your behaviors, yep, the way you interact with other people in the world. And then that all comes from the brain-body state, the neurophysiological state of, if you like, mind and body. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome to everybody that's joining us for this life-changing hour. I hope that by the end of this hour, you are in significantly better shape, you have greater vision, you feel better about yourself, optimistic, confident, and joyous. Because success and happiness are not accidents that just randomly happen to some people and not others. Success and happiness are created by certain ways of thinking and acting. And we're going to be exploring those ways of thinking and acting that make us more successful. So this is not just a talk, it's a practical experience. I'm going to be actually doing some techniques with you. I'll be doing some hypnosis, some NLP, all sorts of stuff with you and getting you to feel absolutely fantastic. But before we start, I want you to do a quick stop take. I want you to look at what shape your life is in. So I'm going to ask you either if you can with a bit of paper or make a note of it or just do it in your head to look at the various areas of your life and we're going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. So 1 would be bad, 10 would be great. First of all, I want you to think about your health. On a scale of 1 to 10, where is your health? Not just physical health, that's mental health too. Scale of 1 to 10, where are your relationships? Personal and then professional. Scale of 1 to 10, where is your career? Scale of 1 to 10, where are your finances? Scale of 1 to 10... Where's your happiness? Okay. So you should have a bunch of numbers. You can put those aside now. We're going to look at the numbers and how different they are in and out. So I want to start out by explaining that everything that you achieve from boiling an egg to making a million bucks will come down to your neurophysiological states. A state of mind and body is something like joy, it's motivation, it's confidence, it's sorrow, it's love, it's happiness. All of those are states. And the reason they're so important is they drive all of our behaviors. So everything that you achieve in the world is a result of your behaviors, the way you interact with other people in the world. And then that all comes from the brain-body state, the neurophysiological state of, if you like, mind and body. And what creates these states? Well, several things. Firstly, the movies in our mind, the things that we picture all day long. And so we're going to do a quick thought experiment. Because it's not just what we picture, but the way we picture it. I'd like you to remember a time that you felt very good. And if it helps, close your eyes if it's safe and appropriate to do so. If not, you can do it with your eyes open. I want you to remember a time that you felt very good. Maybe you'd just fallen in love. Maybe you were laughing with friends. Maybe you're on vacation, relaxing or something like that. Or maybe you just really achieved something. A time that you felt good. And I'd like you to return to it like you're back there again now. See what you saw, hear what you heard, and feel how good you felt. Make the colors rich, bright, and bold. Make the sounds loud and crisp. And notice what that does to the feelings. 
Now, you should be feeling quite good right now. So just come on back out. Now, some people say, well, I don't think I can visualize. I say, think of your front door. What color is it? Which side of the handle on this side of the side? They go, well, it's black. And that I go, you visualize fine. They go, well, it's not the same as, as real life, is it? I go, it's not meant to be. Real life looks different to the way we visualize. If you couldn't tell the difference between the two, that would be very challenging. So what we just did was we thought about a time that we felt good. And then what I asked you to do was to remember it as though you were back there inside the movie. We call it associated. We're going to try an experiment right now. So I'm setting a whole load of things up for what we're going to do over the next hour. I'd like you to think about a mildly uncomfortable experience. Maybe you had an argument with somebody or you know, someone annoyed you, upset you, you felt a bit deflated or something. And I'd like you to remember that now. And as you think about it, I want you to float out of the memory so you can see the back of your head and float the movie of that memory further away from you. And then... As you look at it going on over there, I'd like you to begin to take the color out of it so it becomes black and white. I want you to shrink it down in size as well. So it gets smaller and smaller and smaller as it moves off into the distance. And then turn the audio down as well if there's any sound. And notice the difference that that makes in your feelings. Because when we're outside of a memory, we're disassociated. It doesn't have the same emotional intensity. So basically, we want to be inside the good ones, outside the uncomfortable ones. Now, that's not to say that we never get to feel uncomfortable emotions in our life. Of course we do. You know, they're part of our intelligence. Things like fear keeps us alive. If I'm about to step off the curb and there's a bus coming, I want fear to pull me back. Because the message of fear is be prepared. The message of, say, anger is often when one of our standards has been violated. Hey, don't talk to me like that. We need those emotions. You just don't want to live in them. So it's not just what we picture inside our mind, but the way we picture it that creates a feeling or is part of the equation that creates a feeling. Also, we all use a voice to talk to ourselves, yeah? An internal dialogue, yeah? We talk to ourselves all day long. Some people are right now going, well, I don't know, if, do I use an internal dialogue? I mean, I don't know if it, that voice, that's the one I'm talking about. And that can be motivating. For example, I might tell myself, right, I, I can do it. I'm, I'm feeling really good. Or it can be demotivating. You'd be, oh, you're useless. You're never going to be able to do this. You know, it can be that sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of people, when they make a mistake, I mean, I don't know who, who makes a mistake and they go, oh, another learning experience. No, very unlikely. It's probably something like, you useless idiot. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> now, the intention of the voice can be positive, can be to stop us from making mistakes and do things better. But if it demotivates, if it's too critical and too harsh, it's overdoing its job. Plus also, unkind things get said to people throughout their lives. And sometimes we remember them too well, particularly if they're said at a moment of emotional intensity, can literally be like the power of a hypnotic suggestion. Now, for the first demonstration, I'd like someone to help me with this. So I need somebody who's had something said to them that was really mean, and you can't get over it. In fact, it still upsets you when you think about it now. And you'd need to share with me what that is. It can be a long time ago as well. And when you think about that now, it still upsets you. Hi, Annette. How are you Hi. doing? I'm well, thank you. Thank you. Whereabouts are you? Are you in the United States? San Jose, California, yeah. Great. So look, I need to know the exact words that were said to you, because even when you hear them now inside your mind, they still upset you, even though this was said to you some years ago, I take it. I was nine years old. I was singing and my dad told me, you have a nice singing voice. It's too bad you're going to be fat like the rest of the women in your family. So it just stuck with me that I was always going to be fat. 
And you know what a stupid thing to have said. I mean, he probably wasn't being intentionally mean, but it's a stupid thing to have said. And particularly when you say it to a child of that age from an authority figure, you know, it tends to have a pretty powerful effect. So even now, when you remember that, you can upset yourself. You can feel upset, yeah? Yes. Now, Annette, when you think about that, you remember your father saying that, you probably picture his face. Where is the audio? Is it inside your head here? Is it the sides? Is it nearby? Show me where it is you hear it. Right here. Here. You hear the voice from there, do you? You're going to hear his voice from here. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to imagine it floating out from your chest. So it floated out. See his face several feet away from you. And then I need you to tell me the exact same words again. The words were... I was singing and he said, you have a nice voice, but it's too bad you're going to be fat like the rest of the women in your family. Okay. So I'd like you to see him speaking, but you're going to hear him speak like this. Because I'm going to do his voice differently. So you can't take it seriously. I know that you have a beautiful voice, but this is the same that you are going to be fat like all the other women in the family. I know that you have a beautiful voice, but this is the same that you are going to be fat like all the other women in your family. <laughs> I know that you have, have a beautiful voice, but this is the same that you are going to be fat like all the other women in your family. Now, when you think about it said like that, how do you feel? It's funny. And it's ridiculous. Does it upset you? It's making me cry, but I... It's just like, why the hell would you say something like that to a child? Exactly. Yeah, because it was just a dumb thing to have done. Probably not intentional, but, you know, parents do some dumb stuff. So I just want you to hear... By the way, this is a powerful release you're getting right now from something that was said to you that upset you years ago. I just want you to hear... See his face one more time. Him go, I know you have a bit of advice, but this is you're going to be fat. I don't believe you're sad by the way, for everyone else who's watching, this is silly, but it is not stupid. There's a difference. We're all going to try this in just a moment. Because this is a powerful experience for Annette. But when you think about it now, your father's saying those words, does it upset you in the same way? I don't think it does. No. Okay. So, Annette, I want to say thank you very much. See, see, it's not just what's said, but the way it's said. So when we make a or, you know, sometimes when somebody says something really angry, like, you, you're so stupid fool. When we make it sound sexy, we go, you, useless. <laughs> Nobody can take it seriously. So what we're doing at that moment is we're changing the neuro coding. So I know this seems silly, which it is, but it is not stupid. There's a very, very powerful, important point to this process. So when you think about your father saying, I know you have a beautiful singing voice, but it's a shame you'd be fat like the other women in your family. Can you take that seriously? No, and it makes me realize that he said a lot of stupid stuff, and that's on him. Sure. But the thing for you to do is to go recode it. So if you want to think about, if I ever catch myself going, oh, crying, I remember I did this or somebody told me that, and I start to feel upset, I go, is this something I need to learn from it? Yeah, maybe. But often, because it was just a dumb thing them said, I didn't take it. And let's change it. Annette, thank you so much for helping us with this demonstration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mind Valley. Thank you. I'm loving being with Mind Valley. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so we're all going to do this now. So what I'd like you to do is I want you to think about something that was said to you that can still upset you many years later. What I'd like you to do is when you think about those words, notice, are they at the front of your head? Are they at the sides? Are they here or somewhere else? Just notice where the location is. And then maybe if it helps, stick your thumb out like this and put 
the face of the other person on the end of your thumb, so they're away from you there, and you can hear the words coming from here. So if they said, you're stupid, you'll never amount to anything. Yeah, oh, you can, oh, you can just make it like, like Mickey Mouse or something like that, yeah? But make it sound ridiculous and hear it over and over again until you cannot take it seriously. You take the power out of the suggestions. Often it's like a powerful hypnotic suggestion. It's something that was said to you over a few seconds, decades ago, is still able to upset you, and it's in your subconscious. You might want to do something about that. That's it. Keep doing it until it's lost its power. Then I'd like you to stop for a moment. So what we've discovered so far is that the movies we make inside our mind and the way we make them and the things that we say to ourselves or that were said to us and we remember affect our neurophysiological states. How is that? Well, for example, someone says to you, hey, would you like to go to a party? You go and you make a movie inside your head of standing around and not knowing anyone, feeling a bit awkward. You say to yourself, well, I probably won't know anyone there. Mm, you know, I don't think we'll go. And you say, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy. And that all takes place in a matter of seconds at the unconscious level. But say you make a different movie. Someone says, we'd like to go to a party, it's gonna be fun. You make a movie of you standing there having a great time. Oh, seeing some people, you go, this could be cool. You go, yeah, what time is it? And we're doing this all day long. We're making pictures, we're talking to ourselves to navigate our way through life. And some of the pictures or the movies and some of the things, the audio, some of the things we say to ourselves are helpful and some is not helpful. So what we're really learning during this experience is ways to think. See, at school we are taught what to think, but we're really learning how to think or ways to think. Because I believe, give a person a fish, they eat for a day. Teach a person to fish, they can eat for life, as the saying goes. Now, the other part of the equation that's very important is physiology. Nobody has ever come into this study and gone, I'm depressed. They usually come in, you know, I'm feeling down. You know, the whole, their body language, their physiology says to you that they feel depressed. Yeah, It's like, hmm. You know, like that. And people that are super alert, tense, like this, you know, they'll come in in a different state. Now, the thing is that the mind and body are intimately linked in what we call a cybernetic loop. In other words, one is always affecting the other. So if you are tense in your body, it will affect the thoughts you have in your mind. If the thoughts in your mind are catastrophic, if you're constantly catastrophizing in your mind, then of course that will create tension in the body. In the same way, when you think about something that's really relaxing, maybe remembering a beautiful vacation you went on. You return to it like you're back there again. Now, your body relaxes with that. Or it's the same after you've had a massage and you've been physically relaxed, it relaxes your mind as well. So what we're gonna do is three different postures. And again, these look a little silly, but they are not stupid. And these come from a Harvard experiment. It's really interesting this, where again, it was through studies that they figured out that these postures actually increased people's confidence. And what happened was they were then sent on people in the control group, some who'd done the postures, some who hadn't, who then went on job interviews. And the ones that had done the postures before the interviews did significantly better. It's by a, a researcher called Cuddy, if anyone wants to look it up. Now, the three postures that you hold, and by the way, you might not want to do these in public. You might want to do them in private, like in the bathroom or somewhere else, before you go into a presentation. I like this, you put your hands on your hips, Wonder Woman, we call it, yeah? Put your hands on your hips and you hold this for about 30 seconds or a minute. Just hold that posture because your physiology will change your psychology. You might want to do that. Now, the next one to do is you point up like this, like you're doing staying alive, yeah? Like you're in the Bee Gees. So point up like that 
And again, you hold your fingers pointing to the sky for about 30 seconds, pointing up. And then finally, this one, just hold that. Hold that for about 30 seconds. Now, you should be feeling different. I mean, a lot of people, when I suggest to them, you know, particularly people who search a bit, say, imagine there's a golden cord holding you up. When your physiology is in a sort of relaxed, alert state, it will affect your psychology. So what we're dealing with here is the movies in our mind and how we make them, the audio, often the self-talk that we use, you know, is the voice encouraging or is it upsetting or are we remembering things that people said to us that are not very nice? And also our physiology, how we actually stand, how we breathe, how we smile. And these various components go to create a neurophysiological state. So these will create confidence or create motivation or create feelings of power and strength or resilience. Yep. And that affects our behaviors, which affects the results that we get in the world. Now, there is something else I'd like to do with regard to physiology. And that is a process that I find very helpful for helping people overcome trauma. Hello, Caroline. Hi. Whereabouts are you from, Caroline? Copenhagen, Denmark. Oh, from Copenhagen in Denmark. Great. Beautiful country. Great city, by the way. Yeah. So what we're going to do is in just a moment, I'm going to help you with this trauma. Can you, you don't have to tell me all about it. But I just need to know a little bit. What's the trauma? Can you tell me what it is? It's something that happened when I was a child, some kind of assault. Assault. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to tell me anything more. And when you think about it now on a scale of one to 10, if the distress is very low, it would be a one. If it was very high, it would be a 10. When you think about this now on a scale of one to 10, how strong is it? Seven. Seven right now. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to put your left hand on your right shoulder, your right hand, on your left shoulder, and we're going to stroke the side of your arms like this, right? Now, when you do this, and everyone else can join in with this, this feels comforting. Because when you touch here, you are hardwired to create more delta. What happens is when you suffer a trauma, a 100 hertz wave travels from the thalamus and phosphorates what's called the AMPA receptors. When you do this, you flood your brain with delta, and the delta dephosphorates the AMPA receptors. So in a sense, this is an electroceutical therapy, psychosensory therapy, but we're using electricity and chemistry to change the biological structure of your brain. Now, there are a number of these psychosensory therapies. I like this one, the TFT therapy. I was friends with the creator, but this is the new kid on the block created by my friend, Dr. Ronald Rudin. I was part of the development team. And indeed, this is a wonderful therapy in helping people with stress and post-traumatic stress, helping them with things like depression and, you know, who've been through extreme trauma. So, Caroline, if I can ask you to put a hand here and a hand here, that's it, and then close your eyes, and I want you just briefly to remember the trauma, and as you remember the trauma, yet summon it, begin stroking the side of your arms, and tell me, on a scale of one to ten, how bad can you get it? Nine. Nine, and now, Caroline... Clear your mind, clear your mind completely. Clear your mind, keep stroking the side of your arms and imagine you're walking on a beach and with each footstep that you take in the sand, count out loud from one to 20, please. One, two, three, four, five, Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Keep stroking the side of your arms and with your eyes closed, move your eyes laterally to the left 
and your eyes laterally to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes 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 to the right. Eyes laterally to the left, that's it. Eyes to the right. Close your eyes again now. Caroline, that's a good, and I want you to imagine you're walking on a summer's day through a beautiful garden. It's glorious. With each footstep you take in the grass, count out loud from one to 20, please. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And then eyes gently to the left, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Then close your eyes, Caroline. And I'd like you to remember a time, a really happy time, maybe a time when you were laughing, having fun. And as soon as you remember that time, I need you to tell me about it now. I'm walking around the lakes in Copenhagen. Yes. I'm realizing, I'm telling myself that I love myself. And then I can just feel in my body that uh, some things just begins to yes, shake off. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Good. And it feels really good, right? Yeah, it feels and really it... good. I thought, is it only this I had been needing to do to tell me myself that I love myself. <laughs> this is great. This is great. And then gently move your eyes once again to the left and your eyes to the right, eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Last time, eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Stop. Open your eyes. Come on back out. Now, if we just stop for a sec. Now, I'd like you to think about the assault. On a scale of one to 10, how upsetting is it? Five. A five. So we're just going to do this one more time and we're all going to do it, okay? So close your eyes and get in touch with the assault feeling and stroke the side of your arms and get in touch with the scale of one to 10, it's a five. And then clear your mind, clear your mind completely. That's it, good. And I'd like you to imagine once again, we're back on that beach. With each footstep you take in the sand, count out loud from one to 10. One, two, three, four, five, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's, that'll do. That's good. That's good. And then I'd like you to imagine you're at the lakes again and you're telling yourself, I love myself. And it feels so good. That's right. I love myself. You feel this feeling welling up inside. That's right. And if it had a color, that color would get brighter and brighter and brighter. And it would feel so good. It would be overwhelmingly good. That's right. And as you feel this good feeling, just move your eyes gently to the left and your eyes to the right. Your eyes to the left, and your eyes to the right. Your eyes to the left, and your eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right, and inside your head you can hear yourself say, I love myself, 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 I love myself. And then stop, that's it, and just relax. On a scale of one to 10, where's the feeling of distress relating to the assault? One. The one, great, thank you, okay, you're cured. Now, people look at it and they go, it can't be that quick. 
I mean, I went to therapy for years. No, it can. This is the beauty of this therapy, which is called havening therapy, as in a safe haven, is that this works very fast. We use this quite a lot on people with severe trauma, people who've been through extraordinary things like battle scenes, you know, assaults, all kinds of really awful stuff. And it's extraordinary that within a few minutes, they have a significantly powerful life change. In fact, we did a study at King's College here in London a few years ago, and 70% of the people within one session had a full 180 in their life from feeling really distressed, depressed, upset, that sort of thing. So thank you. Caroline, I want to say thank you very much. It was very brave of you to come forward with that. Fantastic stuff. And I think you'll look forward to an even happier life now. For, thank forever. you so much. Okay. So we can use this for incidents of trauma, but also for things that we consider a block. So sometimes someone will go, you know, in regard to my career, I just feel I'm blocked. And I'll go, well, how do you know? I just feeling I've got. I'll say if you were to visualize it, you go, it feels like a brick wall, or it looks like a mountain or something like that. And we do the havening technique on a block and it knocks it out as well. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. Mindvalley.com forward slash now. We're all going to have a very quick go at this. I know some of you were probably having a go anyway with it, but I would like to do it formally now. So one hand here, one hand here. I want you to think about either a traumatic event that happened or something that holds you back, a block, and get in touch with it and note it on a scale of one to 10. And as soon as you've got the number of the level of stress or the level of block, begin stroking the side of your arms like this, close your eyes, and then clear your mind. And imagine you're walking on a beach. And I'm going to count with you now as you take each footstep in the sand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 30, 40, 50, 60, 17, 18, 19, 20. With your eyes closed, still stroking the side of your arms, move your eyes laterally to the left, and then move them laterally to the right. Laterally to the left, laterally to the right. Laterally to the left, laterally to the right. Laterally to the left, laterally to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Now, still stroking the side of your arms, I want you to remember a time that you were laughing with friends. Return to it like you're back there again now. 
a time when you were laughing, you're having really good fun. Maybe someone had told a joke or something funny had happened or you're watching a movie you liked or something like that. But the time you laughed and return to it like you're back there again. Now see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel how good you felt all the time while you are stroking the side of your arms. That's right, good. That's it, remember it now. And then move your eyes laterally to the left, your eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. Eyes to the left, eyes to the right. And then I'd like you to imagine that you're walking on a summer's day through a beautiful garden. With each footstep we take in the grass, now I'm gonna count out loud. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then just move your eyes to the left, your eyes to the right, eyes to the left, eyes to the right, eyes to the left, eyes to the right, and then stop. And then I want you to take a reading again. On a scale of one to 10, where's the stress? You should have a number that's lower than what you started with. In fact, many people will have it significantly lower. What you need to do, if it hasn't moved it enough yet, you know, if it's still, so when Caroline did it, it was about a 50% reduction. She went from a nine to a five, a five to a one. So you just do it several times. There are some videos that you can see online of me doing this for free, by the way. They're all over YouTube, all over the internet, right, if you need to do more of this. But I got stuff to do with you, so we need to go places. Now, there's something that psychologists refer to as self-image. And I'd like to talk a little bit about this because there was an extraordinary plastic surgeon who became famous in the 1960s. A guy called Maxwell Maltz wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Dr. Maltz would do surgery with somebody as a you know, plastic surgeon, do a little nose job or a tuck here and there. And most of the time, their self-esteem would go up quite a bit. I used to date this girl who, she was convinced she had something wrong with her nose. I, I couldn't see it myself. Anyway, when she'd had the surgery done, I was away for a while and I came back and I, I saw her and, I, and she went, look at my nose. Now I couldn't tell the difference, but she could. And her self-esteem rose dramatically. There was a fascinating study done with prisoners in America a number of years ago where they were given free plastic surgery to see if it would change the way that they felt about themselves. And an incredibly high proportion of them stopped reoffending because they couldn't see themselves in the same sort of way. And so Dr. Maltz found that with most people, when he did something external, it changed the way that people felt internally about themselves. But there were a proportion of people, it didn't matter how dramatic the surgery was, it didn't seem to affect their self-esteem. So he concluded that they were scarred on the inside. Interesting metaphor, isn't it? I mean, somebody who would fit that profile for me would be Michael Jackson. You know, he has a bit of surgery done, feels temporarily bad, so he has to have a bit more and a bit more, so it becomes like an addiction. What we're gonna do right now is a simple visualization process, like a thought experiment, to improve your self-image. So what I'd like you to do is to get comfortable, and if it's safe and appropriate to do so, close your eyes. And I'd like you to imagine that somebody who you know loves and respects you is standing in front of you. And if you're one of those people who says, nobody loves me, let me tell you, Jesus loves you. Now, imagine somebody who you know loves you is standing in front of you. And I'd like you to imagine floating out of your body and float into theirs and look at yourself through their eyes. Look at yourself through the eyes of love and respect. Notice all the things that they notice about you that perhaps you hadn't. 
Notice the way that they see you, all the amazing things, that way that they look at you, they really love you. They respect you. They feel good about you. That's right. Get a sense of what that feels like. And then take a picture of that. And float back into your body and then put that picture in your mind. So that when you think about yourself in future, you see yourself in the way that the person who loves and respects you does. And then open your eyes and come on back out. Now, once again, whenever I do this with people in a group, pretty much everybody goes, wow. First of all, I had insights. I didn't know they thought, hmm, that's really nice. Then they go, yeah, I'm not so bad after all. I'm actually quite good or I'm better than I thought. So the idea with this is to get you to see yourself in a positive way to change your self-image because your self-image is literally the limits on the way that you can see yourself. Something else I'd like to draw your attention to because I've got a lot to get through because I've only got an hour and I'm used to you know, doing a lot of this stuff in a longer time is something referred to as the 80-20 rule. Now, Wilfred Pareto, he was a 19th century economist and he noticed that 80% of the peas he harvested came from 20% of the pods in his garden. So he thought, being an economist, I wonder if this rule holds true for other things. And indeed it does. In fact, it sometimes comes out at 70-30 or 90-10. But very often it's 80-20. So 20% of your carpet is walked on 80% of the time. 80% of the cost of crime is down to 20% of the criminals. 80% of the things a computer does is carried out by 20% of the software. Now here's the interesting part. 80% of the money you make will come from 20% of your efforts. 80% of the fun you have in your life will come from 20% of the pursuits, environments, or people. You might want to start to notice who they are. Also, 80% of the problems you have or things pull you down will come from 20% of the people you know or 20% of the environments or 20% of the activities. You might decide you want to look at that and change some things. Years ago, I dated a girl who had a boutique dog hotel. And she loved animals. But on a Friday, something like this would happen. Someone would not show up. They wouldn't deliver the dog. Or they'd forget a player or they'd mess around. And she'd come back and she'd be all wound up by this. And so I said, look, how many customers have you got? She said, I've got 100. I said, may I make a suggestion? She said, what? I said, sack 20 of them. Get rid of 20 and fire them. She went, God, I can't do that. I went, well, how about 10? She went, no, a five. She went, I can try with five. Anyway, she came back the next day. She got rid of three of them. She went, oh, it was brilliant. I told them I wasn't interested because they messed me around. I said, felt so good. This one and begged me. And so I said, he's on probation. Anyway, of course, she was able to filter the people that pulled her down, that messed her up, that weren't adding to the quality of her life. So I'd like you to do a little stock take right now. I'd like you to think through 80% of the money comes from 20% of your efforts. So when I did this years ago, I went, hang on, I'm doing all these things, but that makes the money. Maybe I'll just focus on that. And of course, that's exactly what it did. It generated more money. But then I also thought, who takes my energy up? Who takes it down? Yeah, I just went through my phone and I went, that person, that person takes it up. This person, oh, they take it down. They take it down. Now, sometimes somebody might take your energy down because they're in need and you've got to help them. But if somebody's constantly pulling you down, you don't want that. So you might just want to look at that and make some adjustments. Also think, who takes my energy up? 80% of the fun I have is with what 20% of the people I know, what 20% of the places I go, what 20% of the things that I do. This simple stock tape can have a very profound effect. Now, next, we're going to do another process in just a moment. I was listening to a radio show a few years ago, 
And I saw some research to back this up. They went to old people's homes and they asked people who were elderly what they wish they'd done more of and less of. And, you know, some of them said, I wish I'd been a bit more adventurous. But when they said, what do you wish you'd done less of? He was nearly all of them said, I wish I'd worried less. And I thought, kind of, that's interesting, isn't it? Because the point of worry is to alert us to something. But a lot of people these days are very good at catastrophizing. They can go two and two equals 32. They can go, hang on, this isn't quite worked out. Oh, that might mean that doesn't happen. It's the end of the world. And so literally within a few moments, they've managed to stress themselves out, wind themselves up. So we're going to do a process now to get some hindsight ahead of time. Because what if you could travel off into the future, learn from things in the future and bring those learnings back? Well, you can in your imagination. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to get very comfortable. I would like you to just close your eyes and just relax. There you go. I'm going to put on some nice music. It's something that feels good. And what I'd like you to do is I would like you to get very peaceful and still. And then I'd like you to float up and out of your body and go out into the future. Go all the way into the future to near the end of your life. Not the end, near the end. And I'd like you to look back and ask yourself, what do you wish you'd done more of? And what do you wish you'd done less of? And just let the learnings integrate at the unconscious level. Then I want you to imagine you're near the end of your life, but you've had a wonderful life, an amazing life. It's been fantastic. I'd like you to ask yourself, what made it so fantastic? What was it? Was it the things you did? People you knew? Places you went? Things that you did? Was it family? Was it friends? If you had a wonderful life, what made it so amazing? And as you get those insights, I'd like you to bring them back with you as you float all the way back to this moment, here and now. Pass it all the way back. And then when you're ready, you can just open your eyes and come on back. That's it, there we go. Now, you should have been getting some really powerful insights and some learnings. You should have been able to First of all, when I did this, I was out at the end of my life and I asked myself, what do I wish I'd done more of and less of? I thought, hmm, I wish I'd loved more, laughed more, been less competitive with everyone. God, you know, I wish I'd actually taken the time to enjoy what I'd done rather than just be relentlessly trying to achieve everything. And when, of course, I did this process, because we did it in two parts. The second part is, imagine you've had a great life. What's made it so fantastic? Oh, wow. God, I've known so many amazing people. I've been great places. I've taken the odd gamble of risk and it's paid off. Some things didn't, but you know, overall it worked out great. And I feel really lucky, really fortunate. So I'm hoping that you did too. 
that you got some powerful insights into things you might want to do more or less of. And also, if we work from the assumption you've had a great life, what made it that way is it could have been family, it could have been career, it could have been any number of different things. Because it's a good idea to get interested in the future because you are going to be spending the rest of your life there. Now, as I mentioned, I used to be quite, I mean, I'm still a motivating person, but I was a goal setter. And if I didn't achieve everything exactly when I wanted it to, I'd get really upset. <laughs> and so I still have directions, if you like. I have a general direction in life, but I don't have these rigid goals. I must achieve this by this point and this, even though I think it's useful to have goals. I like to live my life a bit more like this, and I'm going to invite you to do a similar thing. So I like to live my values. And by that, I mean, do I tick a box each day? I love. Do I feel loved? Was I loving to my family, my friends? Yep. Do I feel oh, healthy? Yep. I feel physically, psychologically healthy. Do I feel like another one of my values is laughter? Did I laugh today? Yep. Tick. Did I do something positive for the world? Yeah. Tick. Yep. So if I can say that I have lived my values each day, then I'm living a rich life. I'm living life on my own terms in accordance with my values. So I'd like you to stop for a moment and just before we do the next process, just think about what's most important to you. What are your values? I mean, one of mine would be loyalty. If you are my friend, I am your friend as well. So it can be things like freedom. It can be family. And family might mean just relatives, or it might mean friends as well. Just think about what's really important to you. And when you've got a sense of what those values are, maybe you remember times that you've experienced them. And it'll be really good to remember those values because in a moment, we're going to use those to create the trance that we are gonna do in just a moment. Now, what we're gonna do is, we're gonna do a process, it's really, really interesting, where I'm gonna ask you to imagine a year from now, you've had the best year you've ever had. And I want you to make a big, bright, bold picture, put it out there in the future, one year from now. But see, in the picture, what you might wanna consider are things like this. Some people go, yeah, I want to have a big house, I want to have a car, and a, I have, yeah, and all this kind of stuff, and, but they're not in the picture. And so I go, what are you going to do? Are you going to work yourself to death to get all this? No. When you make a picture of you a year from now having the best year you've ever had, I need you to see you in the picture looking healthy, happy, things going on. So some people go, well, I want to do really well in my career, but I want my family to be happy. And I go, well, why don't you imagine yourself in, say, an office? But there's pictures of your family and you're looking good around you. And there you are, you're enjoying yourself because, and you're just in that moment, you're just closing a deal or you're just, you're doing something you love. Maybe a year from now, you're very relaxed and you see yourself in a particular way, enjoying some sort of family event or something like that. So let's do this process now. And I tell you, once again, I'm going to put some nice, relaxing music on. I'll put it on a bit louder. I didn't know how loud it would come out. So make yourself comfortable and close your eyes and relax. Relax the little muscles at the side of your eyes and the side of your mouth. Comfortably aware of your chest and stomach relaxing. And comfortably aware of your shoulders, arms and hands and fingers relaxing. Comfortably aware of your legs and feet. My voice goes with you as you relax deeply now and comfortably aware of sensations that are a part of this experience because you've joined this webinar today for a purpose and you're listening to my voice and you can notice my words 
notice noticing my words and notice noticing your body has relaxed and your mind has relaxed your mind has become very sensitive to my hypnotic suggestions and I'd like you to imagine how you would look if you were twice as relaxed as you are right now and float into that more relaxed you see through the eyes of your more relaxed self hear through the ears and feel how good it feels and now I'd like you to make a big bright bold picture of you one year from now and I'd like you to imagine you've had your best year ever the best year you've ever had so it's July 2021 and you've had the most phenomenal year if that's true what must have happened in regard to your health what must have happened in regard to your relationships personal and professional if you've had the best year ever what must have happened in regard to your career what must have happened in regard to your finances if you've had your best year ever what must have happened in regard to your happiness and then when you've got a sense of it make a big bright bold picture and stick it out there one year from now in July 2021 on your timeline and then I want you to increase the size of it and crank up the color and the brightness so it looks really really appealing and then I'd like you to ask yourself well that should feel good what needed to have happened three months before that so if all of those great things are happening in a year from now three months before that what would have happened and I'd like you to make a picture of that and put it out there in the future but a little bit smaller than the big picture so you see the big picture off in the, in the distance and there's a smaller picture in front of that of things that happened three months before And then I'd like you to think about what would have happened three months before that picture. What things needed to occur for then that to happen, for then even better things to happen. Put that picture three months before that. And then I'd like you to ask yourself, well, what would have needed to have happened three months before that? And make a picture and put that on your timeline in the future. So you should now have a picture three months from now, six months from now, 
nine months from now and a year from now. So you've created a series of images that tell your unconscious mind, this is the direction I want my life to go in. I want to feel really, really good for no reason other than we've programmed your mind to do so. And because you have a direction, you're going to feel so good for no reason other than you'll know the direction that you're headed in. You'll feel dynamic, optimistic, focused, and great. Just before you wake, and let's do a little process to expand your consciousness. I want to talk to that part of you that we'll refer to as the controller. I want to thank it for doing the job that it does, and I'd like it to continue to do all the good things that it does for you, but just for now, from the background of your experience. And then I'd like to talk to that part of you that we'll refer to as the protector, part of you that keeps you safe. I'd like it to continue to do all the good things that it does for you, just for now, from the background of your experience, so it can move off into the background. Then, I'd like to refer to that part of you, you'll call the evaluator, the part of you that critiques, judges, analyzes, etc. I'd like it to continue to do the good things it does for you, but just for now, from the background of your experience. And then I'd like to talk to that part of you we refer to as desire, part of you that gets you things. I'd like it to continue to do the good things it does for you, but for now, from the background of your experience, so you can let go of all desire in this moment. And I'd like to talk to that part of you we refer to as the seeking mind, the mind that seeks the way. I'd like it to continue to do all the good things it does for you, but for now, in the background of your experience. And then I'd like to talk to non-seeking, contented mind. There's nowhere else to be right now. Nothing to be done. Everything just is. And I'd like to talk to big mind. The infinite. How big are you? How small are you? Is there anything that you're not? Then I'd like to talk to Big Heart, the infinite compassion. Take any problems or challenges that you had and drop them into this infinite consciousness and let them transform. And then I'd like you to look at your timeline of things that you want to have happen. Three, six, nine, twelve months from now. Your best year ever. And soon it will be time to awaken from this relaxed, alert experience. As I count back from ten to one, feeling refreshed, relaxed and alert, with a renewed sense of confident optimism and deep inner joy. 10, 9, 8, beginning to awaken. 7, 6, 5, you might want a little stretch and you want to see you begin to reorient yourself. 5, 4, 3, getting ready to awaken now. 2, 1, wide awake, feeling great. So I'd like you to look on your timeline for a moment. And I want you to just look at 
what you have. If you've had your best year ever, you've got a picture out there a year from now, you've got three, six, nine, and then 12 months from now. So you can see a direction which you'd like your life to go. Because see, a lot of people spend more time doing a shopping list for the supermarket than they do thinking about what they want to have happen in the next five years of their life or the next 10 years. We're just doing the next year, but you can do two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years if you want. I just wanted you to get into the habit of being able to, first of all, make it, design it really brilliant. It's been the best year I've ever had. Well, if that's true, what's happened in these various areas of my life, what would have needed to have happened three months before that, three months before that, three months before that, and then you've got, ah, direction. So let's all do a quick process, shall we? I ask you to think about some areas of your life at the very beginning of this webinar. I'd like you to do that again. How do you feel differently now when you think about the future in relation to your health? On a scale of one to 10, what's the number? What's the new number? How do you feel in relation to your relationships, personal and professional? How do you feel in relation to your career now when you think about the future on a scale of one to 10? How do you feel in relation to your finances? How do you feel in relation to your happiness? Mm. Just check the numbers. Now, most people, whenever I do this, particularly with a big group, it's different. Some people, it's really different. So the idea of this, given it was called Change Your Life, was for you to be able to, within this hour, make some choices and decisions that would change your life for the better. Some people go, well, it takes 21 days, doesn't it, to change a habit? No, I've seen people change it in seconds. They've gone, do you know, I'm never doing that again. I'm going to do something different. In that moment, their life changes. So they meet someone, they go, oh, things are about to change, or they make a decision and life is going to be different. So I want to thank everybody that participated in the demonstrations. And I would like to thank you for participating in this uh, webinar. I'm loving being a part of the Mind Valley family. It's a really great group of people. I wish you well in all that you do. May the future bring you great things. And this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.